When we hold on to grievance and pain from the past, we keep ourselves from being able to really move into our fullest expression of self. We need to practice forgiveness from the soul recovery perspective, dissipating the energy and releasing the past for good. If you're interested in this profound transformation, I invite you to join me in Colorado the weekend of June 8th and 9th to have an incredible experience with others on this same soul recovery journey. Two full days of immersion in the soul recovery process where you will indeed leave transformed. You will be able to truly let go of these old pains and step into a new way of being. Check out the show notes for a coupon code and how to register. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first overcome our internal self by focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. This podcast offers inspiration, strength, and hope through the tools of recovery, spirituality, and positive psychology. I started recoveryoursoul.net after having profound changes in my life in my recovery from alcoholism and control addiction. I was guided to share these tools with others through this podcast and personal coaching. Personal recovery does not need an addiction to use the tools and principles to better our lives and transform just the desire to make positive changes and grow. As an ordained minister, I continue to study and deepen my relationship with the spiritual principles that have brought me peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. I know that together we can do the work that will recover your soul. Today's episode is a conversation with Kayla, and Kayla went through an amazing Phoenix process when her husband came home and said that he wanted a divorce, and it kind of came out of the blue for her, although you'll hear in her story that when she really looks back, she can see that it was coming. And she and I worked together for the last year and a half or so, and it has just been amazing to watch her as she has transformed and taken responsibility and done the deep dive, the deep work into her inner self of really looking at her patterns, looking at the places where she was asleep, looking at the places where she could grow, where she could transform her life into something incredible, which she completely has. And I know that it's going to be inspirational for all of us that are really in that Phoenix process of loss of whatever that is for you. The sound quality isn't as great as I would like. I was trying to use two microphones and it turned out her microphone wasn't really working. It's such a great episode and I am so grateful that you're here to listen. Good morning. Good morning. I am sitting here with my friend Kayla, and I am so excited that she is here to be able to do this podcast with me because she and I have been working together for a year and a half now. And the transformation in Kayla's life is beyond extraordinary. And so she lives now in Wisconsin and and was coming into town. So I was like, Oh my gosh, will you come over and do the podcast and tell your story? So welcome, Kayla. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for asking me. Yeah. So Kayla was my neighbor 
and we always enjoyed each other. The funny thing is that we never actually hung out and which is hysterical because we always like connected and we would stand in the street and talk. And one of the things we talked about um, at one point was um, that I was an alcoholic, that I had quit drinking. And you kind of said, yep, I can relate. I've got some of that. And but we never really spent time together. And then um, and then we became connected in a profound way when your life changed. So do you want to talk a little bit about about what happened in the beginning of COVID in your life? Absolutely. Yes. Um, so in February of 2020, I think the um, one of the things that happened that brought Rachel and I brought us closer together was um, the for sale sign that popped up in my front yard. That's exactly what it was. That's exactly what happened. And when I think back, when I you know drove into the neighborhood today, you know, I got a little emotional thinking about my past life and mm-hmm. seeing my past home and, you know, this life that I was trying to create here. Um, but essentially what had happened in February of 2020 was uh, my now ex-husband um, told me, like, this, we're done. We're done. The marriage, the marriage is over. And, you know, a lot of things had led up to that, that moment. We were not, you know we were not working through a lot of the things that had gone um, on underneath the surface in our marriage for a very long time and so but it was a surprise to you it was a surprise to me I didn't I think I didn't realize the gravity of like where we had gotten to Mm -hmm. and when he explained to me when I'm like why is this happening like why why so suddenly um you know he explained it to me as I've given as much as I can to this relationship and in hindsight now, I really feel that I did as well. Mm-hmm. Like we had a lot, a lot of learning and growing that we, we did together. But we are very, you know, different people and we're on very different paths. And as painful and challenging as that was, that's fostered this um, profound change in my life and who I am. And when I look across the street at my old home, I realized it wasn't a home. It was a house. Mm-hmm. I was like playing house with potential. With potential. Does, with how with the with the dream. With, with the dream. dream. Mm-hmm. With this dream of how I thought things should be or could be, but never right. was. And right. In this transformation I've had in the last year and a half, I'm I'm on a path of you know my heart and my head and my gut all feel integrated. I'm on the path that I should be on. You know what I love though is when like when that happened, you invited me over and we sat for the first time in your backyard. You have a it had this beautiful little porch and and the awareness, like the pain that you were feeling in that moment of the shock of of it, and yet the awareness that you had in those moments right after, I remember just thinking how incredible that was and how insightful you were and, and how desiring you were to figure it out for yourself and to um, almost immediately you were like, I want to, I need to, and want to figure out how to do a better me, you know, even though you were, even though you were in pain, there was some aspect of you that really wanted something more for yourself. 
I think it was the it was the impetus for me to do the deep dive. Mm-hmm. It was exactly what I needed to look at all of the things that I had pushed so deep down mm-hmm. that I did not want to recognize, that I did not want to deal with, that I numbed by you know using alcohol or various other things at different times in my life. Um, really it was it was time yeah it all came to a head at one time right with my ex being like it's over and I'm like okay where do, do, am I going to move back to Wisconsin where my family is am I going to try and make a life here mm-hmm. like what do I want right who am I like what is what is the, the basis of where I want my life to go and that sent me on this you know journey right as the pandemic was was shutting everything down right and everything got quiet. Yeah. Everything got dark. And I felt um, very, very alone and um, dejected and rejected and just really without, without direction. But what I found at the bottom of that was um, I found a, a sense of God. I found a sense of peace. I looked at a lot of the family patterns um, that I had grown up with, coming from a family that has, yeah. has patterns of addiction that go multiple generations. I was going to say, so in addition to admitting that you're an alcoholic yes, and going yeah. and like knowing that that was something that needs to be looked at, yeah. we both are such Al-Anon people, you yeah. know, and to really look at your family of origin and realize the addiction that had been part of your life from the very beginning. Yes. So that really opened my eyes to um, wanting to have healthy boundaries, Mm -hmm. wanting to move forward with potentially having, you know, another long-term relationship or partner in the future with healthy patterns and Mm -hmm. healthy, healthy relationships. So in moving from Colorado back to Madison, Wisconsin, where I'm, where I'm from, where I was raised. Um, it was interesting because not only was my marriage disintegrating and I was moving and I was contemplating a career shift. I was also living with, um, some family and also needing to confront some, some patterns and make, right. Make some boundaries for myself. So you did kind of go like back into the fire. Yeah, it, I went, so I, went, uh-huh. like, I went from like one fire <laughs> of being like in a marriage that was ending very, very suddenly, but also went long time coming to going into the fire mm-hmm. to you know work with and find my my place and my voice within my family of origin. Yeah, and we started working together when you moved back to, yes. to Madison. We were yes. working. We did phone calls and zooms and yes. and sessions and. Um, what I so respected about your journey was how willing you were from very early on to turn your focus on yourself, that it's so easy to do the blame game. Very easy. Very easy. Very easy. And yes. And it doesn't mean that stuff doesn't happen. I mean, we've talked deeply about all the stuff that's happened in your life and yet, your willingness to come back and look at yourself. So talk a little bit about that, a little bit about like working the steps with me and, um, 
and how, you know, especially being in the situation that you are in to be with your family like that and be in the situation of your origin piece and be able to look, tell me a little bit about how that felt for you and what your observations were. It was, it was interesting because I'd say the first few months of living back with my family, it was like, oh, this is just totally natural. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll fall right back in. I'll, I'll be the helper. I'll be the do. Ooh, the helper. I, I will, I will help. <laughs> okay, oh, so you're going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. Uh-huh. Like, okay, my life is falling apart, but maybe I should try and fix someone else's life. That sounds like a great, great idea. <laughs> and so, and, you know, looking, going. But that was one of your roles in your family. That was one of my roles. Mm-hmm. That, you know, the caretaker, the fixer, the, you know, we, I, I can, I can take this on. Mm-hmm. I can make everything better. And so that was, that was challenging for me. That was the first time that I really clearly saw how deeply entrenched I was in those roles with my family of origin and how that carried on to, into relationships with friends, into my relationship in my marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I came to some realizations about, I can't control anyone but myself. Mm-hmm. I can't fix anyone but myself. Like I can be there. I can listen. Mm-hmm. I can support. I can lovingly detach from people in my life mm-hmm. who still have active addictions going on. I can love them. That's okay. But I can't I can't fix them. I can't take away their addictions. I can't do all the things that I once thought I could. Right. Right. And that's okay. And I'm in a much healthier spot and I'm taking care of myself for the first time ever. You really, I mean, I love that part when we talk and, you know, my question is how, what are you doing for yourself? And I love that you always have great answers that you're hiking or that you're, you're going to meetings and you're like, really, you're exploring those aspects of yourself to fill up your spiritual self so that you have more to give. You've done a really good job at that. Thank you. I, I really appreciate hearing that. And I really appreciate your support. You've been very integral part in helping me rebuild myself into a more whole person. I think that was the other interesting aspect too, was I felt very not integrated mm. in my life. Mm-hmm. There were aspects of myself, you know, whether it was struggling from time to time with, you know, alcohol addiction, um, or just feeling like in general, like a lonely person, kind Mm -hmm. of an outsider, not having that ability to connect or be vulnerable, always having up the mask of perfection. Right. That was a really big realization for me. Because I mean, I think like if you talk to, you know, family or friends, the divorce was pretty shocking. Like mm-hmm. People did not see it coming. They were like, wow. Right. Kayla and, you know. How did that happen? Ex, how did that happen? Like, right. If, like, man, if things fall apart for them, what does that say about my relationship? <laughs> right. I had people like say that to me. And I think. Because from the outside, it looked pretty darn outside, good. From the outside, it looked great. Yeah. You know, I'll live in this Colorado dream and, you know, educated and did well in school and physically mm-hmm. active and. Um, you know, I'm not a big, like, social media person, but the few photos that would be out there, be, you know, all these adventures. And and really on the inside, it was a very um, unfulfilling, very um, empty, hollow life. And I think a part of that was just kind of like sleepwalking through my life. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, living the expectations or, you know, not having the willingness to be vulnerable and really put myself out there. 
Which you talked about, and similar to me, part of drinking was the cover-up of how uncomfortable it felt to sort of be yourself. Absolutely. That when, you know, you're trying to be out there in the world and... You're trying to be out there in the world and, and you, and you don't know how to, you know, especially coming from a family of origin that had addiction issues. And so then that piece where when you drink, you go, Oh, now, now I'm relaxed. Now I can, now I can do this thing. So it's part of the cover up of, of your own skin. And yet when I sit here and look at you today, what I see is this beautiful, strong, amazing woman who has owned herself, who has come into her power of being comfortable with who you are without any of those things. It's thank you for saying that it's been, it's been a process and accepting that that's a part of my past mm-hmm. with, you know experimentation with drugs and drinking like I'm I mean I've heard other recovering people say this but I'm, I'm so grateful for it mm-hmm. I truly am like I went through some very very dark moments mm-hmm. and there are times and stories I could get into where it's honestly a miracle for God that I'm alive yeah. Like there's something that I'm supposed to be doing. There's a path that I'm still supposed to be walking. And I feel so excited and just incredibly grateful for that opportunity. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's been quite a process. So you haven't, it's, it's not like, and I, it's so, you're so clean and clear right now, but what I, what I am questioning right now, the kind of the piece I'm looking for is, you've done such a good job of letting go of the blame. Mm. And it doesn't mean that you don't have tears. And I've, you know, been present when I, when you just are overcome with emotion, which is actually such a beautiful thing to allow yourself to feel, to allow those feelings to go through you instead of pushing them down or saying, I'm I'm not going to let this hurt me or whatever, but to, actually really touch and taste the sorrow and the grief that comes from that. Um, can you talk a little bit about letting go of the blame and how that has helped you in this process that you're in now that has really allowed you to blossom? Sure. So for myself, I think when challenging emotions would come up and, you know, I'd want to blame things on my family of origin or blame things on my ex. Um, it, you know, there's, there's a dance between all humans and mm-hmm. I, I just feel it would be irresponsible of myself to put all of that blame either completely on myself or completely on someone else. I love that. Yeah. So there have been times where I've shifted back and forth mm-hmm. where I'm like, Oh, I, you know, my family just screwed me up. You know? like, I mean, doesn't everybody go through that? Like, right. oh, my parents, they messed me up. Like, they were not great parents. Or my ex did this or did that. And I'm like, well, you know, like, where where can I take ownership of, of my part of that? Mm-hmm. Where can I get to a middle ground where it's not all, like, them or me? Right. It's the dynamic. It's, it's what I grew up in. It's how I learned to function in the world. And now I can, you know, rewrite my own paradigm, my own idea of how I want to interact with the world. So 
that has, it's definitely had its challenges. I've had my times where I've, you know, needed to vent and rage and rail against other people. But at the end of the day, kind of going back to the control aspect, like all I can really do is have control of myself and my emotions and where I want my life to go. Um, you know, sitting, sitting in this space, um, thinking about all the things that would have, could have, should have happened mm-hmm. um, is not going to help propel me forward into like a positive life of where I want to be. Right. So sometimes I still get caught in the blame game. Mm-hmm. Be blaming myself. Mm-hmm. I, I went through months of just being super, super hard on myself. You were being hard on yourself. Very hard on myself. Mm-hmm. Just, my, I mean, my self-esteem was... And all time low. So and I did go through, I, I mean, I blamed myself. I love that you're talking about that because I think that um, when we talk about turning inward and taking responsibility for ourselves, it doesn't mean that then we turn around and beat ourselves up. Right. And it can be too easy to do that. Yes. Because it's, that's not what it's about. It's yes. not about saying, okay, well, they they did what they did, but I'm the one who should really have shame about it. No, 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 no. Yeah. Definitely have done a lot of, lot of shame work, Mm. deep, deep shame regarding my um, history with addiction and how that related to the demise of my marriage. Was Mm -hmm. that, you know, the only thing that caused it to come apart? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Was that an aspect of it? 100%. Kind of going back to that dance where we both had things going on. Um, So working through the shame was very challenging mm-hmm. deeply deeply painful and yet it i watched it in you yeah. break away yeah and like fall away yeah. and and that beauty of of really going through it as deeply as you did and being so honest with yourself allowed it to like really go away it did instead of instead of I'm going to kind of look at it and then I'm going to put it back in the box. Yes. I'm going to kind of look at it. I'm going to put it back in the box. Yes. It was like, you took it out of the box. Yes. You really looked at it and it is not in the box anymore. It's, it's not. And I mean, are there times where like, I still have like, a shadow of a it. Shadow of mm-hmm. it? Absolutely. But that was, I think that's the process that I was really willing to go into. And the pandemic honestly afforded me that opportunity. Right. Cause it everything just slowed was, down. Everything slowed down. Mm-hmm. The pace had just, stopped right as we all know there were no cars on the road you didn't see people I mean I was with myself sitting with my emotions sitting with my shame thankfully I had you know wonderful people along the way to help me such as yourself and I took a lot of inspiration from from Pema Chodron yeah I listened to a lot of different Pema Chodron talks one in particular when pain is the doorway Mm. and I really truly feel that for me, like going through this incredibly painful process and looking at all the things that I'd stuffed into a box for so many years has afforded me a new life and a new freedom. And spirituality is such a big piece of it. Cause yes. I know for me, again, you know, whatever that is for you, you know, whatever spirit source, God, higher power, but what I find is the people who really are able to take all of that pain and look at it out of the box and really let it go are the ones who then are able to really do that step of turning it over to a higher power. And um, I love that we had kind of 
talked a little bit about your um, different looking at Buddhism or Christianity. You'd been raised one way and sort of all your things and, and watching you on your journey to really finding the God of your understanding that is really holding you right now, like really comforting you and providing you with real depth of, of connection. It is. Um, I, I grew up Lutheran. I did not understand what was going on in church ever. I was just like, I don't know why we're doing all these ritualized activities. <laughs> I have I just, from a very young age, just did not, was not open to having right. any concept of what God is. Um, which perhaps someone, you know, with who's had addiction issues, like that's, that's probably pretty par for the course, like very independent. I can do this on my own. Mm -hmm. Like, why are we making up these stories about God? I don't understand. I just did not get it. And, you know, as of, as of, you know, within the last year, I mean, like, oh, I get it. Like, I, I feel very, very connected to God. I do my third step prayer on my knees every morning, turning, you know, my will over to to God as my understanding of what that is for, for the day or for mm -hmm. the week or for the month. It, it's an ever, for me, an ever-evolving process. Um, I love the third step prayer. I love this third step prayer. Yeah. Gotta offer myself to you to do with God. I ought to build with me. Oh, okay. Let's start again. God, I offer myself to you to build with me and do with me as you will. Relieve me of the bondage of self so that I may better do your will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them can bear witness to those I can help with your power and your love and your way of life. Every morning. Every, I say it every morning, I say every it night. Every morning. Yeah. Yeah. Every morning I, I say my, my prayer on my knees and I do my gratitude journal and I read from my Courage to Change mm -hmm. daily reader. Um, so I have a nice a nice touchstone each morning to connect me directly with God. And, and where that where that will go, I don't know. I am currently attending a church that I'm really enjoying. Mm -hmm. It's uh, filling me with a lot of emotional connection, mm -hmm. which has perhaps never been my strong suit. I can sit here and I can analyze things and I can think about things, but to just really feel the presence of right. God with other people to demonstrate it to demonstrate it is mm -hmm. new and novel and very uncomfortable for me and so i just it's so funny i remember somebody at church i don't even know what was said but i remember my response was like oh i am going towards all the things that make me uncomfortable like wow going to this church makes me incredibly uncomfortable some days that's so and so I've powerful it. and i've you know i've always felt very compelled to to teach and I have this teaching opportunity and it's making me really uncomfortable and I'm like going towards that and it, you know exploring a new relationship at times which I'm currently doing brings up uncomfortable things and I'm going towards it because I've come to a point where I don't want to live isolated afraid you know, small, small, mm -hmm. like the life that I think about how the life that you had before looked really good from the outside. And then what you just described and earlier is that whole piece where you're just kind of sleeping through it and 
your life right now is very alive. It's so alive. There's opportunities and excitement and adventures to be had every day. Mm -hmm. And I was not living like that. Right. I have the house and the car and the education and the husband and the trips. And I'm just like, what? I just felt so hollow. Mm -hmm. It was very empty. And now all of that's gone. Right. Like I have my, my things, my, my earthly possessions. Most of them are packed away. I have, I'm renting a room from someone. Like, it's great. I mean, it's just not how I foresaw my life going. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't imagine it any other way. And it's more fulfilling than I could ever imagine. That's incredible. And you really, I mean, you just are so shiny. You're just oh. so bright and shiny. Thank you. And I, words. and I just, you know, I mean, I'm so glad you can be here to share this story because to me, it really is just so inspirational of your willingness, your deep willingness to do the deep dive and really look in those dark spaces of yourself. Um, and some of them were ones that you didn't want to bring up, you know, that you didn't yeah. want to to take out of the box, but because you did now they're free and yeah. you're free. Yeah. And, and the, and the clarity of how you feel and think and, and the zest for living is really extraordinary. And it's, it's, and I also love that you continue to do this stuff. You know, you're going to meetings, you go to Ellen on meetings, you go to AA meetings. Um, you've continued to do work with me. You, you have other people that you, that you are getting, um, counsel from, you yes, know, yes. but not the crappy counsel, not the shit, not the let's do the woe is me and sit around and feel sorry for ourselves. counsel. Not that one. The one that's like, how do I grow yes. and be stronger and, and move forward one? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I've had my fair share of stewing <laughs> and blaming it. And I, you know, as humans, we go through those periods and I'm like, okay, now it's time to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, it was a choice. It was a choice to mm -hmm. do that hard work. And um, I have no regrets on it. No so regrets good. about any of it. And isn't that amazing? Yeah, like this is my life's path. Like, you know, it just is what it is. That's, that's the other okay. thing. That's the other thing I see in you that I think is such an inspiration is that allowing the the flow of where spirit and God is guiding you yes. to to literally just be in that flow and be willing to let it take you because it's taken you in such a beautiful direction and you really haven't fought it. You've really just been open to lead me where you need me, lead me to the next right thing. What is the next right step? And each of those things, I mean, you have jobs that you, you're doing work that you love, yeah. you know, and you're just super in a place in your life. That's just great. And you wouldn't have thought that when we looked at that for sale sign and stood in the street and you said, well, turns out I'm getting a divorce. Didn't know that was coming. You know, I mean, how crazy it's really crazy. The amount of transformation and the amount of fulfillment that I've um, found with my life falling apart is profound. Mm. What a beautiful thing to say. Do you have any, if you were to give advice or last words or what, you know, has really been a marker for you to help other people, what would that be? Ooh, that's a great question. 
For me, I think the most challenging aspect of this letting go process for me was asking for help. Mm. That was, for me is, I really was able to like get on my knees and really feel the depth of my pain when I was able to ask for help Mm -hmm. and say, I don't, I don't have this all figured out. Like maybe I wanted people to think I have things figured out, but I really don't and Mm -hmm. I need help. Mm -hmm. And so if, if I'm at that place again, or, you know, I will be at that place again because things come up in life is I've hopefully learned that it's okay to ask for help and And support Yeah, to not have everything figured out. Yeah. That's a good one. Well, I just am so grateful for you to come and share your story with us thus and and you are just such an inspiration and such a I I I am so grateful for your friendship and so it's kind of funny that we kind of waited that we had that acquaintanceship to have a deep friendship um when it was time it was it was on God's time yeah it was sometimes on. I remember when you came in front of my house once the first sale sign was up and I was like oh well, we were just waiting here for each other for this moment, and, yep. and God is bringing us together, and I'm incredibly grateful for that, too. Yeah. So thank you from the bottom of my heart with, for all of your support and for having me here today. I loved having you here today. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Rachel. All right. All right, everybody. Until next time, namaste. Thank you for listening, and I hope this episode offered you tools, guidance, and inspiration on your journey to recover your soul. For more information, please visit the website, recoveryoursoul.net. There you can find out more about Rev. Rachel, book coaching or spiritual counseling sessions, read the blog, listen to music, connect to social media, as well as subscribe to receive email updates. We thank you for supporting the production of this podcast by donating on the homepage, And by following, subscribing, and reviewing this podcast, you're helping to spread the Recover Your Soul message. We hope that you'll follow us on Instagram and Facebook and join the private Facebook group to become part of this transformational community. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.